0: At seven metres out, Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out, Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again and Larkham, Kefu tight.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the last episode of the Running Rugby podcast for 2022. Got Leo and Toby with me. Boys, are you happy or sad to see the end of the rugby season in 2022? How, how's your overall feeling?
2: I think I'm a bit relieved. Like it, has, it seems to feel longer and longer. I guess the five tests at the end of the year, it's quite a lot of uh, middle-of-the-night rugby to try and keep up with, but... Overall, overall it's been a, a pretty up and down season. So a lot of a lot of swings and roundabouts to to process. time for time for a bit of quiet time, a bit of pre-season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think when the results aren't quite there, it does get frustrating. You know, if we come through with a clean sweep of five consecutive wins on the European tour, you'd probably be flying and say, Oh, give me some more of that. But at the moment from a from an Australian perspective, we're not quite where we need to be, and I think the pre season, the off season is is a good chance to reflect and say, well, you know, we've got a couple of months to really get our our shit together before Super Rugby and before the the lead into the World Cup next year. It's a big year, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's been a bit of a tormented year with injuries and, as I said, frustrating on a lot yeah. of different levels, but there are signs there. I think some people are more bullish than others on how we're going to lead into next year's World Cup. We've blooded a lot of new talent, um, and, yeah, I think it's just it's a case of reflecting and coming up with the, the right plan for 2023.
1: So we've got two games to quickly go over. It's been a little bit of time. We've been a bit delayed getting this last one together. No one wanted it to end. Um, but the benefit of waiting is we've heard a little bit about some changes in the coaching sphere um, of Roby, a few late decisions of countries panicking before the, the World Cup, as you're talking of toes. But before we get into that first game, Wales, Australia, um, we saw uh, a few surprises in terms of the lineup here, in terms of Ben Donaldson getting the start. We sort of hoped that he might. Um, Langie Gleeson got his first start down here as well as we thought he would. Um, Tom Wright getting another shot at fullback there, and it looked like it was all going wrong um, from early on in this game. We had the the Welsh coming out hard, um, getting a few early points. Jack Morgan, their six, seems to be a bit of a rising star. Got a double the week before this and got another double in this game. Um, he he opened up the scoring for Wales in the ninth minute, um, just after a few early penalties from. Ben Donaldson, and then Fallotau gets another um, try in the 22nd minute. Um, and it was not until sort of the end of the first half that Falao got over um, for a all. And then we cop another two yellow cards um, in this game as well. Jake Gordon again gets a yellow. Um, and it really didn't feel like until the last sort of 20 minutes, last quarter of this game, that we seemed to be able to turn it on. We got another, once again, a few injection of subs um, to come back from, 21 points down and win this game our second biggest comeback ever um coming back from the our biggest one which was in 2018 which a lot of people say saved checkers job um versus argentina on that tour that they did over in even in argentina and this one maybe saved rennie's job as well uh, but we get the win 39 to 34 and it was really a, a tale of um the bench and then the subs later in this game the finishers really taking control of this?
2: Yeah, they certainly did. Um the the impact of some of our starters was felt like the people will have seen in the highlights that Langy Gleason hit on uh Josh Adams taking the high ball. Just that, that I mean that's I look at that and I'm like, that's time to perfection. Why can't people do that? He held up his run slightly mm-hmm. when he was about sort of five to six meters out and but just absolutely nailed him as he as he landed. Um, so that's that one can go in the textbook. That was beautiful, um, and and some of the other stars. I, I thought the what we called the scattered back three, um, Pattaya, Wright, and um, help me out.
1: No one, need to wasi, No one, need to wasi, Of course. How do you forget that way, name that, after the weekend?
2: I, I it's just been too long now. It's been a long week too, but um, like he he particularly had a, another very strong game um, and mm. looked pretty stable there on his wing used his size to good effect um but yeah it was definitely the bench coming on late after i I thought actually just back to the cards like the second card we got that yellow card um having been warned in the first half anymore and someone's going to go first penalty in the second half yellow card
1: with a new prop on on the field as well yeah
2: like it's wasn't expected i guess i I don't think many referees, and maybe we've criticised it before, I don't know, but I don't feel like it, that that they usually let it it kind of reset somewhat after the half. Everyone straightens everything out and you give them another warning. But that, that was a bit tough because, yeah, two guys off the field and that just slowed our recovery in the second half.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, the result is very telling. I think we played really well for the last 20 to 25 minutes. But we weren't up to standard in the first bit of the game, and it's unfortunate for Donaldson, who you know he looks he looks serviceable, um, but not amazing. And I think Lola Cu came on and and maybe settled the ship a little bit with that experience he's garnered over the last what is it? Couple of seasons, two or three seasons. I mean, he's played some pretty intense and difficult Test matches throughout that time. Um, but you're right, I think. Rennie was really under the pump here. And to lose by to Wales by 20, um, a Welsh team that had just lost, lost to Georgia, would have been almost too much to bear. Um, so I think the boys really did him a favour here. Nwanganita Wase really stood up. He's looking like a great prospect. Obviously not quite, you know, he's not fully developed yet, but I think there's a lot to like there. Lonigan, if he can work on his set piece... You know, we know his work around the field amazing. He's not the biggest bloke in the world. Keep his throw straight. If he can scrummage well, then, yeah, he might be in the top two hookers in the country. Um, and, yeah, we've learned a lot about players on this tour. Um, you know, I would like to think that Fraser McWright could take his game to the next level. I think Pete Samu at times as well probably needs to work on his consistency. Um, Pete Samu needs to the start. Board, yeah, look, there was there were I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about the fact that even though you tend to notice Pete Samu during these games where he's performing well, his work rate is just not even comparable to someone like Michael Hooper. So it's a different type of play that you're getting if you're putting him there in the seven role And maybe he's excelling at those times where he's taking intercept doing that sort of ridiculous play down the line or, or, you know, a special pilfer. But in terms of hitting rocks and really keeping his work rate up, um, someone like Hoops is really outperforming, outperforming him in those areas.
2: And with, with the whole uh, philosophy from Rennie, a lot, a lot of the pre-match talk, we want to start fast, big first 20, try and get some points on, try and get some pressure on. Like how many times did we deliver on that this season? Very, very few, right? That was the thing that we kept hearing, and we we never saw it. We were always Second under pressure early. Two. Yeah, I mean, in some instances, we were we were doing well, but I don't think we ever quite got the points on. And and we mm. we've talked to previous weeks, people making stupid mistakes. People like well, you're twelve phases in, you're really pressuring the opposition, you're down in their quarter and then someone comes in the side of the ruck. Someone drives past the ruck too far and gets a dumb penalty. We had a bunch of those sorts of things that killed momentum and we never recovered. So if the philosophy for this team is like high-intensity, attack, attack, get those points on early, um, Samu maybe is the right um, player for that because he's kind of got a bit more of that breakout X factor to him. But I do wonder if... When that failed, we actually showed that we were very good at absorbing pressure, defending well, and outlasting. And that's why we became this sort of second-half counter, counter and um and outlast type of team. And it it might just be because they focused a lot of on the defense and the conditioning. The combination of players we've got, maybe we are more of a absorb the pressure, then don't break. And then once the other team has sort of run out of options and starting to get a bit um, unhappy that they haven't put points on, then you can start to build back against them. But that seemed to be our, our story, even though it wasn't the plan. Maybe we're better suited to that approach.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think what factors into that is the fact that Rennie has these guys playing for him. He has the belief well instilled in the systems that he's put out and, you know, guys aren't giving up. In the latter stages of games, they're playing through. Yeah. They're continuing to to really push themselves. Mm. Um, which, to be fair, under someone like Checker, I think was almost the opposite. Like you'd have that real sort of. We were never um, really an 80 minute know, team
1: under Checker, were we? Yeah, you'd
0: have bursts of perfection, bursts of amazing play, but we would tail off almost at the end of halves. You know, towards the end of the game, we'd switch off. It's almost the opposite with Rennie. Um, and that's why I think a lot of people have hopes that we can turn this ship around completely and and be competitive with the top three or four sides in the world because we we do have the conditioning. If we can work out the injury front, we do have the belief. It's just about performing and not making those critical errors at key times. Um, so I think it's almost small tweaks and, and we'll get there.
1: There is part of me that just wants to see what, what our attack looks like when we, you put on some of these ultimately dynamic sort of forwards, like Lee you talking about Samu. If we had a healthy Taniella with a Nos Lonnigan and then you have like a Will Skelton and Nick Frost on the field as well. Yes, you have You have like these, these ultra dynamic forwards that are all good at hand-eye coordination, happy to throw the pass and see where there's a gap and are willing to take on the line if needed to. I think it'd be but, an
0: amazing thing. Have we proven that perhaps a lot of the guys you've just named are better coming off the bench for that 20 or 30 minute stretch? Skelton, Tupo, Samu. I mean, See, I think I... there's an argument for Bell starting, but I think equally James Slipper is still look, probably the best loose head in Australia. Yeah. So look, if we got those sort of caliber players at a high tempo, high impact coming in for the last 20, and we can set a really good platform and actually perform well with other guys in the system, then maybe we're really going to excel and push through and put 10, 20 points on teams um, this, this by the end of the what, game.
2: Yeah, this is exactly my point, that we're better suited at keeping Alatoa and Slipper and these guys who absorb and and then don't break. If you get points, that's great, but you're not looking to blow the other team off the park in the first 20. You are looking to get, them, get over them in the set piece, disrupt their line out. Um, defend them, drive them back without expecting to, you know, go into, you know, the classic Beal, try and strip the ball and the tackle and run away with it. Like, you're not trying to do that. You're just trying to push back, push back, frustrate them, force them to change their approach, and then you start capitalising when they get a bit disjointed and, and try plan B, C, D. Um, and then you bring all the firepower in off the bench.
0: So so could your bench be like Falafanga, Angus Bell, Taniela bow? Who's the second right Skelton, Pete Samu, Tate McDermott, Curtly Beal, and Pattaya or something. Well,
2: like not there's Pattaya. A lot
0: of upside. Never Pattaya. Well, okay, but not a Reese Hodge. Someone of the ilk of Pattaya. It's it's probably like Tom Wright, of...
2: isn't it? Like if you're starting with Kellaway, yeah. maybe maybe Marky Mark's getting in there and Marika's back. Like I feel like yeah. Marky Mark's it could come in now.
0: It could be Marky Mark. I mean. If Marie, but I see your that, point. I see your point. On that left wing,
2: the only chance of doing that is if you've got fifteen starters that are clear and. But
0: does does not that also better. mean that you don't have the balance? And if the game is in the balance, you know, in, in terms of mindset and um sort of discipline, are we letting ourselves down if we're we're going for that super high upside? But perhaps lack of discipline, lack of composure. Um, I don't know. Just, it probably depends on the
1: game. I just feel like you're setting yourself up to always have to come back in that last 20, 25 minutes. Well, that's minutes. right. That's like, the argument. Are you setting you yourself up to make things harder? Or, like, could you start stronger? And, like, I don't mind that idea. It's just I don't think we used our bench at the right time this year. And I think that's been the biggest issue with, or has complained about Rennie, really, some selections. And, and selections, you know, yeah. timing, and his timing off the bench. And he's, a lot of the time, doesn't give those guys enough time to get off the bench and get into a game.
0: Maybe so, but the but also, is that guy in the 23 jersey that we need to give another yeah. another shot.
2: But even, even the, yeah. like, the balance of giving them enough time, but not, not enough time to wreck everything. Like, Taniella, you can get, like, two terrible penalties and an amazing turnover, plus an amazing run. And you're like, if, you, if you're getting one for 20, you probably get it. Like a couple of those, and maybe you get lucky and you get the two good and not the two bad. But if he's on for a whole half, more opportunity to make it make errors. And all those guys we mentioned, they're lacking in some fashion. Like if you're saying Pete Salmi, I mean, work they, rate, tupo penalties, five wingers that used to be penalties,
1: you're gonna ruin your game if you play them for half an hour off the bench at the end of the game. Like they shouldn't, I'm be not saying the they bench, will, right?
2: but they've, they've got a higher possibility or increased risk of. The errors or the penalties, um and your chance of realising that or ha- having that occur increases the more minutes they're on the field. Equally, you have a chance that they do something amazing. So, if you start them, then you're acknowledging I'm going to have this person on for 50 minutes, and I'm going to have to take the good with the bad. If you have them on for 25 at the end of the match, you know, there's a chance they come on and just absolutely storm through for the first 15 they're on, and we we blow this game away and. After that, it doesn't matter. I think you just got to pick your best 15 you want to mix. Like, yeah. you don't want to leave yourself with a bunch of just kind of grinders, like, um, you know, S-Slipper. Slipper slipper, and Ooh. Alatoa are kind of that mold, but, you know, they're, they're high work rate. They're, they're generally making their tackles not missing tackles. They're reliable in defense. If you've got 15 reliable in defense and someone um, can pick you apart with just firepower, You've just, you're just stuck. You, you don't have yeah, the ammunition to come back. Um, yeah. So you need to have that variety so you can um, increase someone's, you know, increase the reliable, reliance on a couple of players who are going to break out um, if you need to. But otherwise, you can just, just keep the ship steady and keep accumulating.
1: Yeah, and I guess, I mean, this is the big problem we probably still have. We don't know who are um, starting 15 or starting 23 um, is well, we can't be get them on the already... park. well that's that's the problem which has been mainly injury that we haven't been able to get those yeah. combinations and restrictions with people being overseas so,
2: yes unavailability and and there's talk about that rule changing too so yeah
1: so we'll see what's going to actually happen in the next little bit if we go to the other side of the ball here wales obviously we talked about their season um losing to italy in the six nations losing to georgia the week before and has been a bit of a theme from this weekend of games uh, if you're the losing team, your head coach gets fired, and that's what's happened to Wayne Pivak. He's out of there. Um, he's copped he's copped the blame for um, Wales sort of slumping after several successful years after Warren Gatland, and it looks like um, they're going retro and they're doing um, throwback to get get old Gatland back back in the head coaching job. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, no one's ever going to schedule themselves to be the last test or two of the of the year and be the only test on. It's pretty um.
1: It's Everyone not, not is watching of, you.
2: Yeah, not a lot of uh, other rugby stories to get around, except your awful, awful loss. So,
0: I'm I'm not sure they've made the the right call here. Um, You know. How much can you really blame the coach for a side's lap lapse in concentration in the last twenty of a game? You know, they lost hands too. Yeah, there was a few things going against them, and they do kind of remind me of the Wallabies at this point in time. You know, they've got they've got their flaws. They've also got a fair bit of potential there too, um, as we talked about before. Pivac's trying to play in a certain way. And it does mean that there there is sort of those fragilities there. Um, Gatlin will probably come back in, shore things up in defence, put forward a pretty basic game plan in attack and just really plug away at these defensive lines, um, high number of phases and just take the penalty where needed and maybe they will get more results. But from a long-term perspective, and from a World Cup success perspective, will that really be something yeah. that's going to improve their chances? I,
1: it's I like, don't think so. Definitely, will make the quarterfinals under him, but probably yeah, that's almost I their look, ceiling, as yeah. opposed to maybe PVAX is like either out of the group stages, but you could potentially get to the semis, sort of thing. If Absolutely, you, if you hit it right.
0: Absolutely, and I think from a Wallabies perspective, given we have them in our group in our pool at the World Cup. You know, we've got them and, and Fiji yeah. as, as our primary and competition.
1: And Georgia. That's not...
0: I mean, lovely and Portugal. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, this now gives us a real opportunity to top the pool and have a real soft run into the semi-finals. So from a Wallabies fan's perspective, you've probably got to like this move a fair bit on behalf of Wales. Um, you know they they'll be thinking towards the Six Nations and and try and make some quick tweaks and hopefully be competitive in that. But you gotta you gotta think. Look, this is the long term um, potential of this team, perhaps suffering um, over the next couple of years and and going back to something that worked maybe five six years ago. Um, you know the rugby landscapes changed significantly, and I think Gatland didn't have much much of a success. Um, success kind of influence at the Chiefs. So is it going to be any different coming back into an international team? I think not.
1: Mm. It'll be interesting to watch how that sort of changes and how he instils his own sort of attitude back into that team. The other game on the weekend, South Africa, England. Um, Look, South Africa were on top of this game pretty much the entirety of it. Um, England only getting a late try. Um, in the 71st minute to Henry Slade, otherwise could only accumulate two um, penalty goals in it. Um, probably the, the big name. And one of the other big names uh, we talk about, sort of Mark namongan and Itawasi sticking out in this sort of tour as a bit of a breakout player. Kurtley um, Aronsa for South Africa as well, um, very much in the mould of a Cheslin Colby and had a try sort of very similar to his, um, his try coming out of the World Cup stepping around sort of just the final players and just beating them out and out for pace. Um but South Africa, despite copying a red card late in this game, uh Thomas Dutoit, uh, they just looked like they were in control. And once again, they it sounds like they they've sent their opposition's head coach packing Eddie Jones.
2: They must be keeping their guys in some sort of special chamber between games like these these older guys aging out and they're just managing to keep them fresh enough to keep pulling these upsets. And if they stretch it into um, 2023 and, and only have new a couple of new guys like Aronsa, so, um, they'll be doing pretty well because it's still, I don't know, what is it? It's at least half of the, the World Cup winning squad from four years ago that we were already talking about were old. Yeah. I feel like an average age were quite old. So, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the result. Um, I don't mind South Africa beating England, to be honest, especially when it um, stirs up their press and generates this kind of um, distraction. But credit to them that they have started blooding a few new people and Aaron said, looked just like, yeah, just a really dynamic, agile, um, challenging guy who wrong foot anyone. I think it was a Marcus Smith. He just like completely put on yeah, his butt. He just He's had no answer <laughs> embarrassing. to that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I, no, I can't think of anyone who would have, from that flat-footed position, had any chance. You'd want to be I, two I thought you were going to say, you know, to
1: of... be honest, I don't think I could have done any better. So let's not be too harsh on. <laughs> Marcus Smith. No, I, just, <laughs>
2: if, I uh, if I think I could do any better than no, that, Mar- I'm kidding myself.
1: Marcus Marcus Smith's
0: a twat. Let's be honest. <laughs> he loves himself. Oh. He's I mean, how Kelly,
1: much, How I many glasses of that red wine have you had? <laughs> just just <laughs> the one.
2: Do you reckon Kellaway could have got him? Kellaway's the sort of guy that maybe just pure technique and reading. I don't know. I don't know. The guy's so quick. There wasn't
0: enough space. Yeah, thirty meters.
1: I don't know. Didn't know, have enough sideline
2: to use to kind of try. Uh, I don't and, know though. Like he sort of fucked it,
1: and then his first move was straight backwards because he's like, yeah. "Oh, I got to get back for more space," and he's like, "Oh no, he's already past me."
2: Just yeah, like yeah. anyway. Yeah. So no, nah,
0: good to see. I mean, you gotta you gotta enjoy these two types of teams. Tend- again they've, they've got some similarities there. both stuck a little bit in the past uh, trying to make some tweaks to go forward and be successful and, and not completely change their systems there was some suggestion that eddie jones was working on something very creative in the background and not willing to kind of let the cat out of the bag yet um obviously now it seems as though he will not have the chance to do that um but he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in English rugby um, as he tends to do wherever he goes. However, I mean, with a winning percentage of like, what was it? 73%. I think it was 78,
1: 2016. Best, best figures ever for an England coach. Like, I mean,
0: the results speak for themselves, don't they? So yeah, he may not make as many friends as some people um, and he may not be as likable. He's, he gets the job done and that there lies the temptation, I think, from a, a Rugby Australia perspective. If you're looking ahead to 2024, do you roll the dice again with Eddie? Do you try and go after him? Or do you think, well, look, he's probably been through his prime now and there are going to be issues if you do try and lock him in for three or four years. The guys in his 60s, I think, you know, he's probably out of fresh ideas and I think we're better served at looking at a young, more invigorating coach that's going to bring some real positivity to the environment.
2: I reckon he could bring some fresh ideas. I don't know if he brings a fresh coaching style. I'd be, I'd be pretty unhappy to see him signed up to take the next World Cup cycle after 2023 and he goes and fudges the next home World Cup considering that 2020, so 2003, he was coaching when Australia had the World Cup and we didn't get we came very got to the close, final. Though. Got very, very close. close. That's right. Big game. Know, obviously, everyone knows the history, but I, I couldn't bear to have you coaches to not winning that World Cup. And you be like, why do we do that to ourselves again?
0: Um, well, the no. incentive is possibly for a short term contract given the Lions are here in 2025. So you could probably entice you know, someone to sign on for two years, see how they go after that and still have two years to kind of adjust for the next home World Cup.
2: That's fine. I wouldn't ideally, start with Eddie Jones, though.
0: Oh, no. But Robertson, sure. Um, I'm so not what's... sure he wants to come back himself based on his comments, but he keeps, mm-hmm. obviously, his cards close to his chest as well, so you don't really know.
1: So what's what's your ideal sort of movements of coaches after this sort of next 2024? Who do, First off, who do you think is going to end up um as the England head coach is it just going to be the system fourth week it's going to step up yeah, it and sounds like it that sounds like where we're headed yeah. there so you now yep. have Gatlin taken over there so that takes him out of um contention to potentially take over the All Blacks
2: and his comments when asked about that um sort of along the lines of you know you've you've taken this job obviously you don't then see yourself maybe getting the New Zealand job, what are your thoughts there? And he basically came out and said, Scott Robertson's the best next coach. He deserves his chance. So yeah. he threw his weight behind Scott Robertson, which was interesting because, like we said, that the work Jamie Joseph um, has done with Japan is, is pretty impressive, and he would probably be throwing his CV in the ring for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Look, Gat- Gatlin wouldn't have taken this job if he thought he had any sort of chance getting the All yeah. Blacks gig. He's he he kind of really committed to going back to New Zealand um, for that shot, and I think now he probably realizes that he's on the outer.
2: If he's not top area. two, he's not he's not going to get it.
0: But these these jobs don't come up very often. Well Black's job in particular, you know, once someone's yeah. there, if they do relatively well, they're there for ten years.
2: Or they they so, have a strong set of assistants who become the succession plan, and you don't you don't yeah. see an, an open and uh, an opening. If,
0: if it was him and not Joe Smith going in to be an assistant during this period of turmoil, then yeah, I could understand him thinking, well, I've got a shot, but he's been overlooked. As I said before, his results whilst assisting with the Chiefs or or coaching, whatever he's doing with them, it really hasn't been that favorable. Yeah. Go back to where you you're beloved,
1: you know. Absolutely.
0: Gat what is a Gatling gate or whatever. Like he's got parts of the stadium not named after him everyone loves him you know he's got results there at least write it through the next World Cup and then consider your options
1: and so you say you don't think Eddie Jones will be back um with Australia there has been I think he's
2: USA USA
1: that seems where he's linked to yeah. it they want him in there to help change switch, change things around and get some positive momentum <laughs> well they need into it, their they? World Cup yeah Between the
0: international team and the MLR not doing so well at the moment, given Mm -hmm. some of the controversies there, I think they need some of that sort of experience taking, you know, a a relatively small talent pool and turning it into something fairly quickly.
2: Well, what what could be given, you know, if you set the foundations up right, you could create an enormous talent pool by the time, you know, it's nine years away from the the World Cup in USA. So if he spends... Three, four years, whatever. As the coach, he might then move like a back. director
1: of rugby type thing. That's there. exactly it's...
2: right. Become more of a like a program yeah. director. Um, it's an easier, less kind of traveling role, which will suit him as he ages on, and he'll be able to uh, assist in selecting the next person up who can pick up the the systems and the the process that he's embedded. Uh, I can see that happening, and and it, it seems like a new challenge. It's another like you got to imagine. Some coaches look at the potential of america as enormous and he's done things like that with japan like changed the program negotiated with with the clubs and the competition that feed their 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 national team like america will take someone like eddie jones and probably just give him a blank check for the changes that need to be made Um, and the us dollar and a blank check for, for payment for that as well not just not just carte blanche on decisions so I can see him doing that. I can see that being quite interesting, and that'll really prove mm. if he is bringing anything new to the style of rugby or any any real um, you know step change in in style of play or or even competition structures, and that that'd be quite interesting. I'd be happy to see him there because I, as I've already made clear, I wouldn't want him coming back to the Wallabies. Which leaves Scott Robertson, which I think New Zealand's mad not to just install Scott Robertson after the World Cup. And what does that leave for us? Like maybe, maybe if Rennie does all right, he ends up sticking around. He's quite a soft personality to the media. Like he he doesn't, he's not, he's not like a a hard-edged, abrasive Mm. one. He's kind of, he's good at managing the media, and he's kind of not too loud. It's certainly not a shouty-seeming guy. So if he's not um, a strong enough character, people might feel like an average result, kind of not feeling that beloved. Um, might just move on from him because he's not got that charisma. Um then you know we've talked about Checker before. Again, another person I wouldn't want back, but Toby might feel differently, might be more open to that. Is does Jamie Joseph miss out on all well, the all blacks stuff and he becomes the guy? Yeah, would you would you in. guys
1: take that if if Scott Robinson to- got the all blacks, would you be like, okay, let's get Jamie Joseph to come with Tony Brown? I'd and- be you think about no. it. I've been leaning towards... Or is that just a wrong style for Australian rugby something? I've been leaning towards Dan McKellar, I think.
2: Well, he's the other name that's been thrown around for England, which, again, I think is premature. But um, I I think he's got a bit more time working as an assistant before because he's only really just stepped out of the Brumbies. I think it'd be too early. We'd be giving someone their first international job in the Wallabies. And while they're homegrown, I think that's great. I'd, I'd rather see people go overseas, be an assistant somewhere else, win, win some top 14 or yeah. some um, Premier League or something first, like as, get as, that wealth of experience.
1: As we're prone to do, we always try and, I think, push people in a little bit too fast, whether it's players or coaches. Yeah, try to and and find the diamond I can see, in the rough. I can see us finishing this next super system, uh, super season, and people are going to be talking about Daryl Coleman should be the next Wallabies coach and Simon Cron has a successful Darryl, season with Darryl the force and they'll be like, it's ready, it's time. Let's get him in. Yeah.
2: So it's... And it is for the for the Australian World Cup. So having an Australian in, in charge yeah, for Markham. the home World Cup, that's probably somewhat appealing too. Yeah. But, you know, how many how many grand Australian successful coaches do we have overseas aside from Checker in inverted commas, Andy, and Eddie Jones. Andy
0: Friend at Connacht. There's not that many, I don't think, yeah, in that's the right. top job. But well, I th- I think based on what jo- Georgina's writing in SMH, I think there's a chance we get Scotty Robertson.
2: I think and if if New Zealand's too stupid to to put him on, absolutely, well, and I'd be happy be so with that. it so funny to a- take, take huge him from potential them. for Robbie Dean's situation where we think he's going to be sensational and he's just not. But I I don't think that's going to happen again.
0: Yeah, well, I think he's he's got the personality. In a different sense, to galvanise the team, um, he's known as a guy that hangs out with the players. He's, a players he's, he's coach really, right, yeah. yeah, he's a players' coach, um, and that's partly because of his age as well. But I think, you know, there is that relationship with Daniel Herbert, who's on the board of Rugby Australia. Yeah, um, you've got guys like Phil War also on the board, which is similar ilk to Scott Robertson. Um, I just think that he's been screwed around a bit by New Zealand rugby. Um, And there was some suggestion that they may make an early appointment for 2024 come mid-year. But how can you really do that when Foster's in charge, unless you're going to renew his contract? How can you really say, well, Scotty Robertson's coming in next year. All right, take us to the World Cup. Like, how's that going to work? I, I, I don't see that. That would be way too unsettling. So, it's probably a question of how patient are you as Scott Robertson? Because what if the All Blacks go through, win the World Cup, and you're just patiently waiting? You don't take the Wallabies' job. Um, that's yeah, and then, and then you they find that there's... They win the World Cup. Gone. So Al Foster's got another four years. And you're like, England job's gone. Wallabies job's
1: gone. Like Wales job's gone. Ireland's a... not coming up. France is coming up. You, then then it's yeah. Scotland probably because Townsend's out after 2023. Well, yeah. And he has been linked with that, but... <laughs> I don't and know. How don't much, know how he would how feel much about is he that?
0: going to be able to do with that sort of Scotland team? You saw what Vern Cotter had to deal with. You know, I got some success there, but really you want those top line teams. You want a, you want a Wallabies. I think personally, I think the Wallabies potentially will really start climbing the world rankings the next few years. You know, you want a New Zealand, you want an England job, you want those high paying jobs, um, yeah. high profile. He's that sort of guy. He's stuck with the Crusaders for long enough. I think he deserves to be rewarded. It remains to be seen whether that will happen. Um, But his links with Australia are getting stronger and stronger. And apparently, from what is being reported, Rugby Australia pay quite well in the scheme of things, which I was surprised by. Um, But in terms of remuneration, that's the strength of um, the coaching position there. It's an enticement, so... We'll have to see. I mean, I think it'd be great to get him. I'm not opposed to extending Massive Rennie. Coup. Massive. Coup. But with his winning percentage, it becomes untenable if we go into next year and yeah. we continue to, to lose these close games and his winning percentage is below forty percent. It's just not something you can
1: persevere with. Yeah, I think so. I think you're gonna have another um case of same thing that happened to Checkerese and take it to the World Cup, but that's me done like and he just, yeah. he says, rather than waiting and not. He's an honourable figure He's as going well. to say, look, I'm not, I'm obviously not done enough here. Hopefully I've set the platform for someone else.
0: Or he just, yeah, he takes the line. Well, you know, guys, it hasn't been how I envisaged it. We'll push through the World Cup and we'll have those conversations in November. Yeah. Or October or whatever. Yeah. Knowing probably full well that he's not coming back.
1: Well, boys, that's probably us for 2022 so a lot of, a lot of things to keep an eye out um over the next little while and to be honest it's not long until we're back um with super rugby again and um back for our super round in round two up there so lots of information coming out um and these squads are starting to get finalized now so a lot of big names heading back uh to australia uh we already mentioned a few of them in terms of and some of the coaching staff Um, but the force are continuing to make a few signings as well so be interesting times ahead make sure you keep an eye out make sure you all have a very lovely christmas um enjoy this time off and get out and watch a little bit of cricket or something i guess that's what all we have to have to watch for the next little while um in the meantime make sure you have followed us on instagram and twitter at running rugby podcast and running rugby pod um and like and subscribe us and Go back and listen to a few episodes if you missed out of anything this year. It's a great way to catch up with anything that you missed out on. Um, From myself, Toby and Leo, thank you again for tuning in. And as always, keep on running.
2: Run.